You may be seated. Sorry, Brother Heath, I thought there was one more song in there. And uh, it is good to see you tonight, and it's good to be back in church. And I know many of our, most of our church is still uh, watching on live stream. And if you're watching tonight, we're glad you joined us that way. And it's been a while since I've been in service, and as, as we were in quarantine, and um, I'm glad I get to feel the love of, of our church people. And I was coming back in the back door earlier, and, uh, uh, you know, Brother Malden looked at me and said, I think we should have locked the doors before you came in. And, uh, and I, I just took that as a loving statement, and he told me to go back outside. And when someone like Brother Malden tells you to go somewhere, you just do it. And uh, um, thankfully, he didn't lock me back out, and uh, I think I have the key, and so I would have been able to get back in. And, uh, and then, uh, brother, as Brother Jim was encouraging me before the message and uh, to, to preach tonight, uh, Brother Heath was quick to to remind me that whatever you do, make it quick. And so um, I just feel so loved tonight and so glad to be part of our church. And um, in all seriousness, I do appreciate the uh, encouraging messages that uh, y'all sent to me and my family as we were away and recovering. And we thank the Lord we, we uh, had very mild symptoms and uh, are glad to be back. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn them over to Psalm 139, Psalm 139. And do remember to be in prayer for the Andrews as uh, Miss Leslie is uh, and, and their and her grandfather and uh, the future treatments for him, and then of course the McNairs, and just continue to pray for pray for our church. And uh, you know many of you are the ones that have uh, been in service, and so you you see uh, how how many that we've had out of service here recently. And if they're out, there's probably a good reason for that, and so. Uh, be sure to pray for them and pray for their health. I know we have many families even uh, besides these already mentioned that are dealing with this right now. And so uh, just be in prayer for that. And as you're there in Psalm 139, just hold your place. And we're going to use the Bible a little bit tonight. And I think that's okay for a Bible study. And uh, I do always enjoy the uh, privilege to preach. And I said not, not too long ago that eventually you would get tired of hearing from me and with the love I've gotten tonight I think that's already happened and uh, and so um, but I, I do want to bring you just a just a thought and it's a thought that has to do even with our theme renew and I, I I was disappointed not to be able to be here this past Sunday as this was rolled out, and uh, um, but I am excited about what the theme stands for this year, um, a true renewing. And um, I, I think if we could interpret that word, we could interpret it as a true revival. And, and if we need anything in, in our country, we need revival. And, and I have stood up here and preached before that um, I still believe revival can happen. Uh, I was reading about some of the revivals that have taken place uh, in our country today. And I was reading uh, about really the top five revivals that have taken place in our country. And uh, um, I'm, I'm not all about numerologies and those type things, but it certainly does seem that the 20s and 30s of, of many of the decades, whether it was 1720 uh, or 1820 or even the early 1900s, our country saw great revival whether it was through Jonathan Edwards or whether it was through Billy Sunday or D.L. Moody or, or, or men of, uh, of that ilk, we saw revival. And, and many times through great trials in our country and, and, uh, um, and, and through a trial, we can have great renewing. We can. And, and um, the Bible says in Luke 18, 1, it says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And we're at a time in our country that we as Christians need to be weary of fainting. Too many already have. And, and, and here, it, the, Jesus is reminding them, uh, and, and, as he's speaking to them, he says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And sometimes that's a very difficult thing. It, it's difficult to find the energy. I was talking to Brother Heath today uh, about some of the things that he had went through and as he wasn't feeling well and, and, and had uh, this particular sickness, and it was one thing that I went through, and it was a lack of energy. And, and, and just being and sleeping, uh, I, I hate to even admit that there was a couple days I slept till noon. I slept till noon. I felt like a teenager. And, uh, um, and, and I was surprised that uh, my girls somehow didn't wake me up. And so I must have been in a deep sleep and, and that lacking of energy and, and, uh, and, and, and to faint. But we as Christians, we need to be careful about lacking spiritual energy. And to faint and to, to faint in this time of trial. If we faint in this time of trial, we're gonna miss a really great opportunity to renew. And, and through this time of, of trial, uh, we can have a, a spiritual renewing in our life. Tonight I want to bring you a, a, a quick message, according to Brother Heath, uh, that is a prayer that will renew. Prayer that will renew. I mentioned that verse earlier, Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And, and we see here uh, that how this is mentioned uh, as Jesus is speaking, and he says men ought always to, pr always to pray. And, and, and we know that in our life. We're, as Christians, and, and many in this room are, are seasoned Christians, and we use that, that terminology all the time of, brother, I'm praying for you, sister, I'm praying for you, and, and hopefully you truly are praying for uh, one another. And tonight we've already heard uh, what I feel as, as a message on prayer. And, and how we're supposed to pray. Uh, some of the men gathered before church tonight and, and prayed for the needs of some of the people in our church. And we know we ought always to pray. And, and, and we speak to those things. But we also need to remember not to faint in the way. And we need that. Oh man, our church needs that so bad. We need consistent prayer. We need that prayer of, of we're always praying. Always in that spirit of prayer. And, and, and that is our attitude of prayer doesn't mean that 24-7 I'm on my knees, even though I'm not, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But it does mean that prayer is on my mind. And that consistent prayer, and that continual prayer, praying through that adversity uh, that comes our way, and, and that committed prayer of, of, of I, I'm not going to let things stop me. Committed prayer brings a personal renewing. It will. It'll bring a personal renewing in your life. And when personal renewing comes, the work and service of God then follows. It becomes the natural thing to do as we have that renewing in our life. We have that re renewing uh, in, in our walk with the Lord uh, that, that we get refreshed and we get renewed and, and or we have revival. See, what, what is revival? It's to have that renewed attention to or interest in something. Uh, many of our young people, when they come back from camps, when they come back from winter retreats, uh, when, when we as couples go on, on camps or retreats, we come back with a spirit of renewing. Of, of, of a renewal spiritually, of, of revival. And, and that is something that we need. Uh, we need it in our church. We need it in our churches. We need it in our country. 
We need it in our missionaries that go and go to other countries. And so that the world can be reached for Christ. Uh, I, I, like, like uh, Brother Daniel here, I, I still consider myself a young man. And I know I've mentioned it before. I, I, will, I will fight someone <laughs> about there being ability to have a revival in this country. We just got to have it. But if we don't have it in this country, at least we can have it right here at Central Baptist Church. And it'll start by prayer, by a personal renewing through prayer. I want to mention to you that though we are going through difficult times, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it, I'm tired of hearing about it. We hear it all the time about just the different trials that people go through. But through trials can come a great renewing. It was John, the revelator, he experienced a great renewing while he was on the Isle of Patmos. Not the place he wanted to be. But then he went to talking to the Lord, and he had a personal renewing in his life. Elijah, listen to this, experienced a personal renewing, though he was surrounded by Ahab's wicked administration and leaders. You say, say, Brother Nate, how on earth are we supposed to have revival? How, how on earth are we supposed to have renewing? We, we, we have our lapel pins on that say renew. How are we supposed to have renewing in 2021 when all the mess is going on around us? It ain't the first time it's happened. It's not the first time it's happened. And if Elijah can have a great personal renewing, we can have the same. We simply have to want it. Many other great men of God had had great spiritual renewings by going through a dark and deep trial. And we can have the same. And then I just want to give you three different prayers and uh, um, that will help us to have that spirit of renewal. I want us to not just, to not just be a slogan. right? I preached a message not too long ago about that. Of not just be something that we say. Not just be something that's on our, our wristbands. Not just be something that's on our lapels, but something that's in our hearts. That spirit of renewal. Renewal through prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the, the opportunity to uh, be in your pulpit tonight. Lord, I, praise, I, I pray you use the message in spite of me. And Lord, I pray that you would go before me and speak to our people. Lord, we know that our country is in dire straits. And Lord, it's not going to be up to Washington to have revival. It's going to be up to us to have revival. It's going to be us, up to us, Central Baptist Church, to have a spirit of renewal. And Lord, I pray that through tonight that our hearts would be convicted to turn to you and to give ourselves wholly to you. Lord, I pray that I would say only what you would have me to say and nothing more. Lord, be with our church people, be with our pastor as he's away and their family as they go through this trial. Lord, I pray that you would just give a special blessing to Brother Danny and Brother Roger tonight of healing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Three things tonight in regards to a prayer that will renew. Prayer that will renew. Because through prayer, I promise you, you will have spiritual renewing. And I'm not talking about uh, a, a fake prayer. Okay, say, Brother Danny, what's a fake prayer? And I'm not just talking about just the, the prayer of duty, 
of thinking, well, you know, I know I got to pray, so Lord, blah, 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 blah. I prayed. I'm talking about a true heartfelt prayer that does something in your heart. And personal renewing, personal revival, it can happen through this. First thing here, you have your Bibles over to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24 say, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In our prayer, we need to have a renewing of conviction. In our prayer, we need to have a renewing of conviction. Here David starts, he says in this psalm, he says, Search me, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This prayer of Lord, search us. Of Lord, examine me. Lord, renew my conviction. Lord, speak to me. Lord, help me to see what's in my life that is hindering a personal renewing. That prayer of conviction. Search me, O God, and know my heart. I want to take just a few minutes through this first point, and I'll spend most of my time here. And and to, to go really word by word in these two verses. And see what God is truly saying. These are verses that many of us know. It says, search me, O God. That is a prayer of surrender, of complete surrender. And he's saying to, 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 to look into the very depths of everything that I am. Search me. Make that inspection known. Put a magnifying glass on my, on my heart. Put a magnifying glass on my life. And see what's there. See what's hindering my relationship with you. Search me. You know why we don't want to pray that to God? It's a lot like the reason that the child can never find the paddle. Anybody ever get told that as a kid? And your dad's like, go find the paddle. You're like, I don't want to find the paddle. You find the paddle and you try to find a better hiding place for it. And then the answer is like, well, if you don't find the paddle, I'm going to find a belt. <laughs> Let me go find the paddle real fast. And I think I've used this illustration before. I can't remember if I have or not. Uh, we were at vacation Bible school, and me and my brothers had uh, made my dad a sign uh, of what we th- our, our love and affection to him. And uh, uh, it was a one by six, and we had uh, taken that, and we had, you know, you can do those wood-burning things on it. And in these big bubble letters, uh, we had wrote on there, I love dad. I love dad. And, uh, man, we were proud of that thing, and we gave it to him and thought he'd put it in his office or whatnot. And, uh, and he took the dad part of that off, and, and he took his miter saw and, and made a little handle where the dad part was and, you know, wrapped some, like, baseball bat tape around that part and, and drilled some holes through the I love. And, and uh, that was a paddle. He was appreciative of that gift. And so often he would say, hey, 
Go find that paddle. Because just be honest, there was a point in time of, in, in me and my brother's life that it seemed like that was just part of our day-to-day thing. You know, we brushed our teeth. We, we got ready. We went to school. We ate and we got spankings. And, uh, um, and we probably needed more of them. And it was all my brother's fault. It normally always is. And, uh, um, and, and the four of us would line up and, and uh, I'd be like, go find the paddle. Go find it. We had a lack of want to to search. And uh, we'd find it, you know, then you're trying to put it between mattresses and such. And then, then the thought comes of either I'm getting the belt or if I find it. And it's been hidden. But isn't that how we are in our prayer life? We say, search me. Search me, O oh God but we're really trying to hide the things that we don't want them to search. It's not true heartfelt prayer. It searched me, O oh God, except for my pride. Search me, O oh God, except for my lack of dedication. Search me, O oh God, except for whatever it may be in your life. It's not a true searching. And we wonder why we have a lack of spiritual renewal through prayer. It's because we have a lack of true prayer. But David here, who at times experienced great sin in his life, knew he had to come before the Almighty and say, search me. Go through every depth and see beyond what I can see. It's amazing what a microscope can do. I had the privilege of going to Cambridge, Massachusetts a couple of years ago, and uh, for all things country, how about that? And, uh, um, and we were at my, uh, where my dad works, and uh, the lab that people sit in concrete specimens to get inspected. And, uh, you know, you're talking about you're in, you're right there by MIT and all these other things of, of this great vast knowledge. And, uh, and here are these people examining concrete, or concrete pieces. And they're going through what they do. And, and uh, you know, there's certain things you look at in concrete and realize some of the things that are going on with it. Uh, but they could actually take, and they put it under this microscope, this big machine. And, and, uh, and they could take and actually count the number of air bubbles in this little tiny piece of concrete. And, and to show if it was in spec or out of spec. You couldn't see it with the naked eye. You had to put it under something that was capable of seeing it. And tonight, we have to put our spiritual life under someone who's capable of seeing it. Our flesh, it blocks us from being able to see that. Because it doesn't want to see it. But as we put it under the capable eye of the Almighty and say, search me, search me. David was serious about this matter of of having a spiritual renewal in his life. And he says, search me, search me. Then he goes further, says, search me and know my heart. And know my heart. What does Jeremiah say about the heart? Says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. See, David wasn't afraid 
to give God what he knew was most vulnerable. See, we'll give God our strengths. But a lot of times we won't give God what we know is most vulnerable. But David says, search me and know my heart. Lord, I'm going to give you that piece of me that maybe I hold most sacred. And know my heart, knowing the wickedness that was in there. What he's truly doing is saying, Lord, I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to turn this part of my life over to you. I'm going to give you this piece of my life that I know is going to block me from having that type of relationship with you that I should have. And I'm going to give you complete control of what's in my heart. Don't you think God knows your heart better than you? I know he does. I know he does me. And we're supposed to, in order to have this this spiritual renewal in our life, forever in church, and I've grown up in church, I've heard people say, oh, I wish I had revival. I want to have revival. I've stood behind the pulpit and said it a hundred times. Then why don't we have it? We're unwilling to be vulnerable. We're unwilling to have a renewal of conviction. To say, know my heart. And truly give our heart to the Lord. To search it. He goes on to say, in verse number 23, he says, try me. Try me. Test me. Prove me. See if I'm capable. I think David's saying here is, Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me an area where I can show my worthiness, so to speak. Give me an opportunity to surrender to the mission field. And I'll do it. Try me. You know why we don't ask God for those times of trying? We're going to get to it here in a minute. Because he'll actually give it to you. He'll give it to you. See, we, we have come to a point where we're just a bunch of careful Christians. I'm going to really watch my words just so I don't overcommit. And by the way, it is better to not commit than to commit and not do it. But we've become too careful, too unwilling. David said, here, try me. Give me an opportunity to serve. Give me something that I can do. And Lord, you pick what it is. Not I pick. But you pick what it is. Then he goes a step further of not just know my heart. He says, and know my thoughts. The thing that I think Christians probably battle more than anything. He says, know my thoughts. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
First Chronicles 28, 9 says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. David was willing to say, Lord, I'm not just going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you the way I think about everything. I'm going to give you my thoughts. I'm going to give you my intellect. I find it strange that we don't have more intellectual Christians. I mean, I think we have a lot of Christians that think they're intellectual. <laughs> but truly, truly Christians, and I don't mean intellectual in the world, but here. And a lot of times it's because we simply won't give the Lord our mind. I am guilty of the same. I learn about all these other things except what I'm supposed to learn. The Bible says, Psalm 94, 11 says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. The things that don't matter. He goes on to say in Psalm 119, 113, I hate vain thoughts. But thy law do I love. See, we have this renewing of conviction. And it starts with that asking, Lord, search me. Lord, know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. He's just going through and saying, Lord, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not going to take a, a, a piece of what I want to do and keep that for myself. I'm going to wholly give myself to you, my heart, my mind, my body, everything. I'm going to give that to you. Then he goes on to say, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Saying, convict me. Convict me. Do you come to church with the spirit of, Lord, convict me today? Amen. Lord, convict me today. Lord, speak to me today. Lord, reveal to me something that needs to be revealed. Lord, don't hold back. You see, we put the reins on God. And we refuse to hear some of the things that he tells us to hear. truly come into church and pull into the parking lot and say, Lord, don't hold back from me today. Lord, I'm ready to be convicted. I'm coming into these pews, and I'll use the word again, vulnerable. Not coming with a guarded heart. I'm not coming with a prideful heart. I'm not coming with a hard heart. I'm coming with a vulnerable heart. That wants to be spoken to. Lord, I don't want to waste my time in this hour. Or hour and a half. And uh, I don't want to waste my time in this time. I want it to be meaningful. If you ask me how many times I've wasted in church, I'd be embarrassed to say. 
of times that I've sat in the pew and let my mind be on something completely different than what it was supposed to be on. To let my heart be attached to something completely different than what it was supposed to be attached to. I would be ashamed. See, there's some good things about growing up in church your whole life. By the way, it's the best thing. But there's also some things that you look back on and say, how many services did I waste? How many times did God give the preacher exactly what I needed? How many times did, did, did God have something prepared especially for me? And before I came into those doors, I had turned them off. I was more worried about the things that would happen after service. I was more worried about the things that were going to happen in the week. I was more worried about the things that were happening around in the world than worrying about what God was going to do in my own personal life. To be vulnerable. To convict me. Lord, point it out. You know what it is I need. He says, and lead me in the way everlasting. After you pointed out to lead me, to be chose to be led. God ain't going to drag anybody. He's not. Now, he might punish. But just as you had free will to salvation, you have free will to serve. Being willing to be led and to have the faith to do so. Say, I want to have that great spiritual renewing in my life in 2021. Okay. Or are you willing to have the renewing of conviction in our prayer that we must have? It'll start there. Number two, and I'll be swift. Exodus 33, 13, I won't ask you to turn there, I'll just read it. It says, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. Isaiah 30, 21 says, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. Not just a renewing of conviction, but a renewing of commitment. A renewing of commitment. Lord, I commit my ways to you. You or I will never experience that personal renewing until we have that prayer of, Lord, show me the way. Of, Lord, direct my path. Of, Lord, I need to do your will. Spiritual renewing doesn't happen outside the will of God. It can't happen outside the will of God. It happens inside the will of God in that, that, that renewing of our commitment. Lord, that no matter what happens in this year, I'm committed to you. Lord, no matter what happens politically, I'm committed to you. Lord, no matter what happens physically, I'm committed to you. Lord, no matter what happens financially, I'm committed to you. 
It's a renewing of commitment. It's a renewing to the Lord's way. We laugh at that phrase, and to those that know it, this is the way. No, this is the way. This is the way. And the Lord will reveal his way to you. If we don't do his way, we'll do our own way. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's your way. But his way leads to a renewing of our relationship with him. The same way that we don't have conviction is the same way that we don't have that commitment. If I can go back to that illustration of trying to find the paddle, the reason that we're not doing the will of the Lord is because we don't want to find it. We're afraid of what it might hold. It might just hold the ivory coast. It might just hold somewhere where we're not willing to go. Say, Lord, I must commit my ways to you. I must be committed to your will for my life. And to be in the will of God, I promise you, it'll change uh, the way you think about all those things. Because you're committed to it. It won't be, oh, Lord, I have to be on deputation for a year or two. It's, Lord, I get to be on deputation for a year or two. Lord, I'm excited about being on deputation. I've never been on deputation, but, but Daniel, I hope you're excited for it. I've hosted several missionaries that were. And it seemed the ones that were excited about deputation were the ones that were on deputation the least amount of time. Lord, show them the way. And if you pray for the Lord to show you his will, guess what? He'll do it. Why? Because that's not asking to miss, as the Bible says. Those are asking things according to his will. It's very simple. The Lord wants you to do his will. And if you want to find his will for you, you'll ask for it, and he'll show it to you. It's not hard. Say, well, I'm just trying to, you'll find it. If you'll be committed to it. If you'll be committed to doing what it is that he's asking you to do. A lot of times people have a hard time finding the will of God for their life simply because they're not willing to do what he's already asked them to do. It's abundantly clear what he wants for you in your life. You have to be committed to it. That prayer of commitment. Lord, show me the way. I'll, I'll do it. And then lastly, turn your Bibles with me over to Isaiah chapter 6. didn't bring it in here I meant to but then on your prayer card is Isaiah 6 8 on it it's not it was on your video though right uh, a little over five years ago I guess almost six the Lord had put it on my heart to go start a church in the Midwest and uh, as I made up prayer cards and such, this was the verse that the Lord spoke to me about more than anything else. And on our prayer card at the time, 
me and the girls, the twins were just babies. And it was on there, and, it, and it, this verse still speaks to me in the same way. Brother Heath has been substituting for my Bible class the last couple of days. He didn't know this, but he gave the kids this memory verse this week. It's a verse that I want to be real in my life. Verse number eight says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Hear my, send me. Not just a renewing of conviction will lead to spiritual renewal. Not just renewing of commitment. By the way, it takes all three of these. But a renewing of commission. A renewing of commission. I was mentioning to my Bible class this morning, we were talking about this verse. Here, Isaiah has been given a vision from God. And he sees a need. It's easy to see the need. If you don't see the need for spiritual renewal right now, you're blind. He sees it. But Isaiah wasn't willing to only see it. As he sees the need that God presents before him, his answer is what I hope the answer is for every person. I mentioned it to the 7th and 8th graders this morning as a need for them to see it. Somebody in that generation is going to have to. But no matter what generation you represent tonight, you need to have that same passion for this commission as a young person at camp does to this need. Because I see that need. I see what's going on around me. And I know because I've been praying this prayer of conviction of Lord search me and, and, and know my heart <clears throat> and try me. Know my thoughts. Reveal unto me those wicked ways and lead me. Lord, I'm committed to your ways. I'm committed to doing what you would have for me to do in that will. And Lord, I see all those needs, but I don't just see it. I, I'm committed to that commission that you have for me. And Lord, don't use anyone else. Use me for that need. If our basketball team was down by one and we needed two free throws to win the game. To be honest, I want to take the shot. I know, I know I'm supposed to sit on the sidelines. I want to take the shot. Give it to me. Avery's probably better prepared to do it, but I want to take the shot. Don't use someone else. I mentioned that phrase earlier, careful Christians. When they walk around the commission that God has had for them on their tippy toes. Afraid that God's actually going to use them 
They say it verbally. They're in the place to be used. But when the need is actually presented and the Lord is actually speaking to them, it says, don't pick me. Don't pick me. And it's okay to be humble in that call. It's okay to be like Gideon when God came to him and said, not mighty man of valor. And he said, who, me? But to understand the need. To send me. Say, where's the Lord going to send you? He's going to send you to the people. He's going to send you where there is a need. He needs us to surrender. He needs us to do that commission. Here in a couple weeks, we're going to have a soul winning seminar at church on the 13th. Hattiesburg needs that. Central Baptist Church needs that. Lord, send me to that person's door. Lord, send me to meet that need. If you want to be sent, God will send you. I'm not saying he's going to send you to Ghana. But he might send you to a place of service in our church. There is a great need. renew maybe you thought on Sunday what exactly does that mean for me now we heard great message on it what it should mean for you is a spiritual renewing a personal renewing through personal renewing if enough of us if enough of us in this church had a personal renewing Central Baptist Church would have a church renewing. And Hattiesburg, Mississippi would have a city renewing. And Mississippi might have a state renewing. And America might have a nation renewing. I just have one question tonight before we have invitation. It's this. Are you willing to be vulnerable? We're very good at being guarded. But tonight before the Lord, are you very simply willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to say, Lord, go ahead. Don't hold back. I need whatever it is you're going to give me. Spiritual renewing. A personal renewing, that's where it happens. Every head.